Jesse Kelly Show. Let's have some fun on a Friday and ask Dr. Jesse Friday. It's going to be such a good day. We have great Ask Dr. Jesse questions about kids, schools, anti-communism. As you can imagine, there's a bunch of food in there. The direction of the country. We're going to talk about lies when it comes to coronavirus and why these things happen. We're going to talk about organizing with your friends, co-workers. What can you do? But first, we're going to talk about us. No, not, not you and me in particular. When I say us, we're going to talk about America. We're going to talk about why I have been warning that we are going to a dark place. We are going to a place that is going to be ugly. Now, there are a ton of reasons for this. On a macro level, the main reason this country is going to a dark place is really not complicated. To be frank, major empires throughout history have all done exactly what we've done. You start out as a, as a, as a nation, and oftentimes... People don't even know if you're going to take hold as a nation. No, that was us very early on. Are these who are these upstarts? What? You start out and you're working very hard. You set up a system, a governmental system you think will work for you and your people, and you give it a go. In America, set up a system and it happened to work really, really well. Whoa, this system of a small federal government. And the states kind of run themselves the way they want, but basically people are free to like do what they want and, and move where they want. That's wild. What? No king? Seriously? And we did it, and boom, this economic tsunami that nobody has ever seen in the history of mankind. We've never seen technological and financial growth like this in the history of mankind. Just blew up this country. Who was this young upstart? Oh, my gosh. Right? And this has happened in other countries, not as big, not the financial windfall as big as ours, but it's happened in other countries. Countries like Rome started out as basically a tribe and then got really good and started taking over this person and that person just kind of blew up, right? So this is a common thing for empires. They, 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 they grow up, they blow up. And wow, this freedom thing is awesome. And oh my gosh, look at all this capitalism and technology and we're growing and it's awesome. It's wild. And then eventually it happens to empires. It happens to individual people. Maybe you know somebody like this. Maybe you are somebody like this. When you get rich as an empire or as a person, it's just very, very, very difficult to keep the edge that got you rich. I, I hate to use a ham-fisted example here, but it's been used a thousand times before by a thousand people in a thousand different ways, so I'm going to copy all of them and act like I came up with it. Remember Rocky Three? If you haven't ever seen Rocky Three or any of the Rocky movies, allow me to do a brief recap. Rocky's just their underdog boxing movies. That's all they are. This hard scrabble guy from Philadelphia... Gets his brains beat in all the time, but he just won't quit. And in the end, he's just so tenacious, he just just takes it all. Because he's just some poor dude from Philadelphia, right? Eating meatball subs like everybody else, right? Well, 
Rocky Three, the whole basis of the movie is Rocky's not some hard scrabble dude anymore. He's heavyweight champion of the world. Fancy cars, fancy fancy mansions, steak dinners, all the all that, right? He goes up against Mr. T. I think his name was Clubber Lang, if I remember right in the movie. Clubber Lang is young and hungry and poor. And they do this training montage in the movie. I'm sure it's on YouTube because what isn't on YouTube? And they do this training montage where Rocky is doing all the fancy stuff. and He's got all the fancy stuff. And Clubber Lang, he's down in his basement. I do remember this one part. I'm just doing this off the top of my head. He's down in some crappy-looking basement apartment, and he's doing pull-ups like in his doorway or something. And then he goes on to beat Rocky's brains in. This happens to empires. You get rich as a nation, and you lose that edge. You lose that thing that made you great. And we as a nation, this... Just happened over time. We got so rich and so comfortable and so, I'll be frank about this, bored. We lost any connection to that winner-take-all, freedom, free market spirit that made the country great. We are so rich and bored. I've used this example before. People get mad today, understandably so. About all this wild, uh, oh, there are 57 genders, and I'm oppressed, and I'm a victim here, and these are microaggressions and all the stupid stuff the, the cultural Marxists use today. And all, the, all, those ang- all that anger and all, that, all those arguments are warranted. I'm not telling you you're crazy, but here's the truth of it. You know where they don't have 57 genders and microaggressions? Poor countries in Africa where they're struggling to survive every day. They don't have time. That's the problem. We have the time. Every single person hearing the sound of my voice right now, except for probably the kids, has a smartphone in their hand. You have all the food you want or need, pantry full of food. And I'm not acting like people don't fall on financial hard times here, but our poor people, they live like kings compared to some people around the world. And we just lost our edge. And so we're on the decline and we're on the rapid decline. But there's another part to why I think some dark days are coming and probably coming sooner than than we're used to in this country. And that part is this. Historically, when empires start to go downhill, when empires start to decline, a huge part of that decline is corruption with the leaders of their societies. The generals, the politicians, the entertainment leaders, the various cultural pillars, religious leaders, various cultural pillars that hold up a society that societies are built on. You get a real rot and corruption in there. But it actually gets worse when a nation starts declining really, really badly. It's not that there's corruption. Because to be honest, the average person, you, me, most people... They'll claim to care about corruption, but the truth is they understand a certain amount is built in. No, I don't want a corrupt government, right? I know you, I'm not saying you want a corrupt government. Like I live in Houston, right? I understand that I don't want a corrupt city council or corrupt mayor. I don't want any corruption there. It's got to be clean, but I'm not an idiot. 
Have you seen the budget of these major cities? Oh, there's corruption there. When you're handing out checks like that and contractors to here and you have city councilmen making $30,000 a year yet driving $90,000 BMWs, I'm not an idiot, okay? In your city too, wherever you are. And by the way, this does not apply to big cities only. Your small town probably has some of this. Hey, contractor, we got a big paving job coming up about 10 miles out of town. Should pay pretty well. I might be able to make sure you guys get that. I mean, just if you feel like doing any favors for me. I I know how the game's played. Believe me, I know. So it's not that there's corruption. Corruption, a certain amount of it is built into the minds of everybody. You know your congressman and senator probably aren't completely clean, right? If somebody were to do a real dig into all the financial contributions and gifts, you're probably going to find something there. I mean, what is the number? 88, that may be wrong, but I know it's over 80. Over 80 of our 100 senators are millionaires, and yet they make $165,000 a year. Either they're all on the super frugal spending plan, or something isn't quite right, right? So we get that. It's not the corruption that really accelerates the decline of a nation. It's the in-your-face corruption. It's when the nation gets so rotted and corrupted and wrong. They're corrupt, and they don't feel the need to hide it anymore. They don't, they don't feel this burden to lie about it or hide it. They don't do this thing, oh, I've never done anything wrong. I'm crystal clear. I'm clean as a whistle. And you know they're lying, and they know you know they're lying, but it's okay. Let's go with the little white light. Yeah, okay, Mr. Mayor, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've never taken a dime. Right, right, I got that. It's not that. It's when they stand up right in front of you and say, oh, gosh, <clears throat> I'm horribly corrupt. I've lied. I've cheated. I've stolen. What are you going to do about it, peasant? That is a place where we are right now as a nation. And that's why I'm so pessimistic. You want the latest and greatest example of that? I will give you that in a second. And then it's ask Dr. Jesse time. Hang on a second. But on top of all the corruption you see out there, there's the inflation, 5.4%. You heard me read all the numbers yesterday about cost of beef, cost of chicken, cost of eggs, cost of baby food. When I tell you to go to Oxford Gold Group, when I tell you to call Oxford Gold Group and get gold delivered to your house, I'm not saying that because I want you to be some doomsday prepper. I'm not saying it because I like that gold's really shiny. I'm saying it because I want you to be safe. I want you, no matter what, to have some kind of value in your hands. And remember, they deliver real gold to your doorstep, real gold. Not a piece of paper saying you own it somewhere. And I trust these guys. I sent my own dad there. 833-995-GOLD. Tell them Jesse told you to call. 833-995-GOLD. Call Oxford Gold Group. Make sure you have tangible values in your tangible value in your hands. 833-995-GOLD. Tell them Jesse told you to call. Missed out. Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com. I'll make a brand new start of it in old New York. If I can. It is 
It's the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday and Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. And yes, I'm going to get to your questions here in just a second. I just want to, I just want to say this. Again, we are a nation. We are a nation, obviously, on decline. Not, not something I celebrate. We're a nation on decline. And one of the greatest symptoms or signs of that is not the corruption. Corruption's always there and honestly always accepted at some level with, with the people. It's that the corruption is so in your face. They do it in your face without apology. And it's almost as if, and in some cases, this is obviously it. In some cases, they're rubbing it in your face. It's not, it's not that you see it and they don't care. It's that they're grabbing your face and rubbing you in it. Look at this headline. Former FBI official Andrew McCabe wins full pension in wrongful termination lawsuit settlement. Former FBI Director Andrew McCabe won back his full pension as part of a settlement with the Justice Department in a wrongful termination lawsuit filed in 2019 after he was fired by the Trump administration. The agreement, completed on Thursday, allows the key crossfire hurricane figure to officially retire and receive hundreds of thousands of dollars in missed pension payments and attorney fees. By the way, attorney fees, just to give you a heads up, $500,000. McCabe was fired in March 2018 by then-Attorney General Jeff Sessions after a DOJ Inspector General Michael Horowitz determined he repeatedly, quote, lacked candor with investigators during a criminal leaks investigation. All right, so I'm not going to break down all this old stuff for you. I'm just going to say, as a high-ranking FBI official, he lied repeatedly to investigators when they were trying to figure out who did what when it comes to these crimes. Remember, it's a crime to leak certain things. Andrew McCabe was clearly involved, or at least allegedly involved in this, lied to investigators about it, and as a high-ranking FBI person, instead of having the book thrown at him, instead of being thrown in a dark hole for the next 20 years of his life for abusing his position of power with the federal law enforcement arm, instead of any of those things happening... He's living high on the hog with a pension. He's getting $500,000 in attorney fees. By the way, what kind of attorney are you hiring over there? This is the sign of the decline of a nation. It is. I, I take no pleasure in that. When it's this in your face, when it's two different justice systems, and, it, and they're bragging about it being two different justice systems, it is a, a sign of the decline of a nation. Look, back to the coronavirus stuff, and I'll get to your questions in just a second. Back to the coronavirus stuff. All the endless lockdowns and mandates and masks, and then all these elected officials? I've lost count how many who get busted violating the rules they just told you to follow, and you've never heard an apology from them? They don't even apologize? It's, yeah, peasant. I'm Nancy Pelosi. I got my hair cut. Yes, there's a Delta variant. You better lock down, but I'm Barack Obama. It's party time for me, baby. I'm not skipping my 60th. When it's this in your face, it's time to worry because they're not worried anymore. That's how carefree 
and comfortable with their supposed positions of power they are. Enough of that garbage. It's time to move on to the Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Let's get to this one. This is a long email, but hang on for it. Jesse, I know you don't like the comparison, but someone will naturally fill the void left by Rush Limbaugh, and you are that man. Stop that. I found your podcast on iHeart a month ago and love listening to it. You don't want to hear it and may not believe it, but those of us who listen to Rush for many years will gravitate towards something, and this is it for more and more Rush listeners. All right, enough of that. An observation. I play the podcast of your show back at 1.5 speed. That means she speeds it up a little bit. And I have to say that when you listen to Joe Biden speak at speed, he sounds like the Joe Biden from 10 years ago. Still incoherent, but at least talking at a normal pace. Now, let's pause there for a second. There's a lot more to this email. I feel like we've glossed over something. Not glossed over, but I feel like we don't dwell enough on Joe Biden's mental state. I feel like we don't dwell enough on it. Uh, If you're able to at all, try to find the Joe Biden audio from July 4th. Or no, no, from September 11th. There was a September 11th interview where Joe Biden's standing outside and he's got a mask on and the reporter comes up to him and asks him a question. He gives this long rambling interview and it's a great example. Don't worry if you can't get it right away. We'll get it in a second. But I was thinking about that interview in particular this morning when I woke up. We all, myself included, I know you would do it too. We laugh about Joe Biden and how he can't talk and 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 it's just it, the complete mental disaster that is Joe Biden. We laugh about it. We mock him for it. And we should. And we always will. But have we accepted, have we truly accepted what a big deal it is that the president of the United States, communist, not communist, all that stuff aside, that he's not a fully functional adult? That is a really big deal. I mean, the president is responsible for so much. I mean, no, he's not a king. But keep in mind, keep in mind, if if you do any reading on history, and I know you probably do, world leaders coming to agreements with each other, talking with each other, having meetings, having negotiations, those things happening or not happening, they shape the world. They shape the entire world, oftentimes for good, oftentimes for, I mean, the worst death you can imagine. World leaders sitting down at a table and just hashing things out shapes the planet. And when that fails to happen or when your particular leader is not up to the task of sitting down with prime minister here or king here or this guy here when he's not capable of sitting down man to man and hashing it out man the the consequences for that they're they're stunning we'll talk about that in just a second
It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday and Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. And before I forget, if you miss any part of the show, the whole thing is podcasted on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. There are like... (laughs) I have to look really quick. There's well over a thousand of these ridiculous reviews at this point in time. And look, in all seriousness, subscribe and leave a five-star review. It actually does help the show. But these reviews, Jesse is so handsome. This is what it's titled. I can't wait to see him on his podcast every day. He has a very winsome face. (laughs) This one's Jay Steele Kelly. Lord Handsome makes my day yet again with a bunch of laughing faces. (laughs) All of them are on there. All of them are on there. (laughs) All right. Now, here's the thing. Your world leader not being a functional adult is a big deal. It's a really, really, really big deal. When you think about things like World War I, you know what? Forget about that. Let's, Let's go past it. I'm actually doing a bunch of, of reading right now on pre-World War II Japan. Not the, not the World War II Japan stuff, but pre-World War II Japan. And you, you realize what a huge role other countries played. And this world leader stepping in here or not stepping in here. And Japan's leader not stepping up here and not stepping in there. And at one point in time, it's actually funny when you think about this. Well, not funny, but... It's funny when you think about this, at one point in time, the leader of Japan, he wasn't a functional adult either. Now, I don't know what's wrong with him. They don't know. They were very secretive back then. They don't know what's wrong with him. He might have just been an idiot. He may have been something mentally or physically wrong, but whatever he was, he wasn't capable of handling the leadership of the nation. And that's when Japan, pre-World War II, really descended into madness and got themselves on a course for world war that resulted in all that death, all that destruction. Remember how that ended for Japan? That ended for Japan with two of their most major cities in ash. It's a big deal. All right, hang on. Uh, Continuing on with this email. The reason for my email is because my 11-year-old son has a question for you. Yes, I pulled him from public school this year and am now homeschooling for all the reasons you and others have encouraged, so he also listens in on your podcast. That's wonderful, by the way, lady. Good work. Thank, thank you for your show. We can listen together. He, just quick side note on that for you new listeners. I will always do a show you can listen to with your kids. Always. You do not have to turn this show off ever with your kids. You can walk out of the room. You can go get something. You can leave them in the car with this show on. That's not because I'm a good person. It's because I have kids. I have two sons, and I'm so sick of having to turn off everything because it descends into filth. Everything now is filth. Now, obviously, we talk about tough issues on this show. I'm never going to do a show that you have to pause while your kids are in the car. I just won't. Moving on. Thank you for a show we can listen to together. He's getting a great education. We've even begun Medal of Honor Mondays where he researches and shares a story with the family at dinner time. Gosh, that's so freaking cool. Thank you for that inspiration. Don't thank me. I ain't my Medal of Honors. And now here's Luke. 
My 11-year-old, by the way, my 11-year-old is named Luke. Oh, wait, he's 12 now. My 12-year-old is named Luke. Dear Dr. Jesse, this is from Luke. After this year of homeschooling, I am most likely going to a classical private school. Gosh, you're going to have the best education, kid. I'm on the waiting list. Since there's going to be a bunch of cute girls there, I need your advice on how to become more handsome. All right, let's, let's pause that for just a moment. Bro, you're 11. You're going to grow up, all right? And you're going to fill out one day and stuff like that. But you still have all these, you know, zits and puberty years and skinny awkwardness and body odor and all that stuff coming. But don't dread that stuff. Remember, one, all your friends are going to go through it too. Two, I don't care who you look up to out there as Mr. Confident, you know, Mr. Confident, handsome guy all the girls love. He was a dork at one point in time in his life. I will just say this as an 11-year-old. There are two things chicks love universally. And even the ones who say they don't love it, they're lying. They're the ones who love it the most. You know what those two things are? Doesn't have to be a chiseled jaw and six-pack abs and all that other stuff. Chicks love a sense of humor and chicks love confidence. And oddly, those two things go together very, very well. You're going to have awkward phases because you're freaking 11. Don't worry. It won't last forever. No big deal. Feel free to make fun of yourself, man. Don't be afraid to laugh at yourself. Then no one else can get to you and chicks dig it. You'll be fine. Moving on. What, what I would really like to know is how I can make a difference with my friends and helping more of them become anti-communist before we graduate from high school. I've had this question before from, from various young people of all ages. I mean, from college age to obviously 11 years old. People want to know, how can I influence my friends? How can I influence my friends? Just talk to them about it. And you can talk to them about it. The reason I can't give you specifics is if people have their own language now. And different generations have their own language. And it's not worse, right? Old people or older people love to do that. Back in my day thing, I, uh, uh Chris is the producer of the show. Michael is the production assistant. You new guy helps out around here. They're both in their mid-20s. They laugh about stuff I don't get at all. It doesn't bother me. They have a different language. They have, they have, they have, they have different things they find funny. That's fine. You communicate with your friends however you guys communicate. Whether you're shooting hoops, whether you're playing video games, whether you're joking, you can start leading just by talking to them about it. Especially, especially, this is what's going to be really cool for young people today. And this applies to 11-year-olds and college-age kids. And this is going to be cool. Yeah, we got hard times coming. But what do love people love more? Or what do young people love more than rebelling a little bit, right? Everyone, everyone has a little rebellion in them. You know, you're that teenager. I'm sneaking out after curfew, right? You get to be the counterculture. If you're an anti-communist, you are the counterculture now because all the culture is communist, right? Entertainment, music, sports, uh, the government, professors, everywhere you turn, you're going to have cultural Marxism thrown in your face everywhere you go. If you choose to reject that, you are the cool counter-communist or counterculture guy. By being anti-communist, you're counterculture now. That's freaking cool. Who doesn't want to be counterculture? That's as cool as it gets. Remember, that's where all this rock music came from. Remember when, at least you know the story of it, even if you weren't alive. I wasn't alive. You know, 50s and 60s when rock rock music starts taking off. 
and the older generation hated it, right? What is this devil devil worship, right? It was thought to be cool by young people because it was countercultural, because it went against the normal culture of the times. If you're an anti-communist who flat out rejects all this modern filth, you're now the counterculture guy. You're the anti-communist counterculture guy. You're the cool rebel. Who in the world doesn't want to be the cool rebel? That's as good as it gets. See, there's an advantage. There are advantages, not a ton, but there are advantages to losing all the power in your culture. Yeah, they have every single cultural institution. Of course they do. And that sucks. I mean, look, it's not like I it's not like I wanted to lose the military. But they got it. Okay, fine. I didn't want to lose the FBI, sports. Gosh, we don't even have sports now. How much does that suck? I don't even watch professional sports anymore. How much does that suck? But there are advantages, man. Counterculture can be a lot of fun. Speaking of military, I have to bring up something real quick on the back end of this. Oh, man, you're not going to believe the latest from our military. Hang on a second. But first, speaking of counterculture, protecting yourself is thought of as being beneath the elites in this country. You know, you're a barbarian. You're a domestic terrorist if you want to protect yourself. You need to reject that. I'm so proud to work with Hero 2020 because they flat out rejected that notion. They came up with the Hero gun, the non-lethal gun. It's a more powerful solution than that pepper spray you keep. This thing has a laser sight on it. You don't need a concealed carry permit to use it. And it fires these brutal chemical pepper balls that just debilitate you. Go to Hero2020.com right now and use the code JESSE. Hero2020.com, code JESSE. That's Hero2020.com. Remember, state restrictions may apply. Get one for yourself. Get one for your spouse. Get some spare cartridges. Make sure you protect yourself. Be the counterculture. I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. Jesse Kelly Show. Remember, you can email us anything you want. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Speaking of, speaking of never held accountable, you see this? New York City Investigations Chief Margaret Garnett. She resigned. Hmm. That's funny. Why would she resign? She's from the Department of Investigation. Why would she resign? She's the one who put out that report recently about Bill de Blasio using the NYPD protection he has as basically his runners, as his personal assistants, as his moving service. When corruption gets this bad, it's really, really, really bad. When it's this in your face, this woman, Margaret Garnett, she did her job. She did an investigation. She put out a report showing Bill de Blasio the mayor's malfeasance. What was the result? Was it Bill de Blasio apologizing, resigning, being put on trial, thrown out of office, anything? Nope. What was the result? She had to resign. When it gets this 
in your face. When corruption gets this in your face, New York City, America, Europe, I, I don't care where you're talking about. When it's this in your face and blatant, you are on a downhill swing that is going to be difficult to turn around. Very difficult to turn around. And and look, the creepiness of this society right now, the outright creepiness of this society. That remember, remember New York Nets, New York uh, Nets star Kyrie Irving, or New York Nets, gosh, geez, the Nets star Kyrie Irving. You remember he quit his job, right? He quit his job. Tens of millions of dollars because he doesn't want to get vaccinated. Does not have any desire to get vaccinated. This is how they're talking about the young, healthy NBA player who chose not to put a vaccination in his body. They have unlimited resources. So if he says, as a stand, I'm not going to take the vaccine. I don't think I don't trust it, whatever his argument is. But he got tested every day. Why couldn't he join the team? What do you make of that? Well, I ask that same question. Why can't he join the team? I mean, I, Mike Barnacle says he sends a dangerous message to people in a country that has uh, too low vaccination rate. Uh, he has an important voice. People are listen to him. We're talking about him. And so he's being, being unhelpful at a time when everybody needs to be helpful if we're going to get past uh, this terrible pandemic. And why doesn't he join the team? <laughs> why, why, why doesn't he contribute uh, to, the, to the Brooklyn Nets? A dangerous precedent? It sets a dangerous precedent that somebody made a personal choice? That's a dangerous precedent? A young professional athlete with no risk, zero risk of coronavirus set a dangerous precedent by not getting vaccinated against said virus? And again, I'm not going to let this go. And I'm not one of these people who said, oh, COVID's a hoax. It's made up. I've never, you've never heard me say anything like that. It's clearly real. It's clearly very dangerous for old people with pre-existing conditions. It's dangerous for fat people. But we know what it is and what it isn't. This virus is not at all dangerous for fit NBA players in their 20s. Not at all. There's a reason nobody, they've, they've all had it and nobody's had anything serious happen. Why? They're not at risk for it. He doesn't want to be vaccinated for a disease he's not at risk for, and that sets a dangerous precedent? Dangerous indeed. Dangerous indeed. If, if, what a creepy, creepy world we live in now. These people, and how quickly they descended into tyranny. By the way, I brought up the military. I, I, I haven't forgotten about this. Get this. This is was this was put on social media today by Major General Joe Clyborne. She's a woman. She's obviously part of the armor, our army. This is what she put. She put a picture of herself holding up her fingernails. They have tinfoil all over them. This is a woman thing. Don't ask me. But this is what she said. <clears throat> Why the army thinks a French manicure is an obnoxious color compared to the civilian world, which views it as an understated yet professional look is beyond me. But I have to be in uniform tomorrow, so here we are. It looked nice while it lasted. So that was a major general. Again, I'm not talking about some 18-year-old idiot private. 
that's a person in a gigantic leadership role in the United States military complaining on social media that she has to remove her nail polish. I have said this before, and I'm going to get back to my questions. I'm going to get back to all the questions. I've said this before. You're going to hear me say it again until the whole country wakes up and realizes it. We are going to lose a major war. If something gigantic doesn't change, we're going to lose a major war. We've been talking this entire show about how we are rotting and we're on the decline and there are symptoms out there. Another symptom these major empires had was huge military internal rot. And yet the people of those countries, just like our country, they were so used to kicking everyone else around. They were so used to being top dog. They never they never believed it when people would issue warnings. Uh, military's not looking good. Hey, we don't have good uh, generals right now. Hey, this isn't looking good. They never, ever believed it. And you can't make enough people believe it, very, very sadly, until a lot of people die. And I mean a lot of people die. We have our major generals. They're worried about, what what what'd she call it? I turned it, the French manicure. China's out there making sure they're increasing the testosterone level of their troops. Ours are whining on social media about having to get rid of their French manicure. Do you really think we're going to win a major war? I know. Believe me. I know. We have the finest frontline troops out there. We do. Marines, Army Rangers, Green Berets, Navy SEALs, all these. I, I know we do. I know we have the fancy planes and fancy ships and fancy missiles. You don't understand how little that stuff matters if we have leadership that is bad. And we have leadership that is bad. All right, I have a great Ask Dr. Jesse question next. Kelly show on a Friday and ask Dr. Jesse Friday. And look, don't think for one second, don't think for one second I've forgotten about that outstanding Joe Rogan interview from yesterday. Remember when he destroyed Sanjay Gupta? This is, I'm not playing this for you just out of nothing. I'm playing this for you once again because everyone needs to hear it. Everybody needs to hear it. And I think this is, I think it's going to provide a spark for people to realize just how shallow and clueless these people are. Horse dewormer is not a flattering thing. I get it's that. It's a lie. It's a lie on a news network. It, it, and it's a lie that's a willing, that's, that's a lie that they're conscious of. It's not a mistake. Yeah. They're unfavorably framing it as veterinary medicine. Well, the FDA put this thing out. You saw that. Did you see that thing that the FDA put out? 
What did the FDA put out? <laughs> it was a tweet, and it was snarky. I admit it. They said, you are not a horse, you are not a cow, stop taking this stuff, or something like Why that. Why would you say that when you're talking about a drug that's been given out to billions and billions of people, a drug that was responsible for one of the inventors of it making the Nobel the, Prize. The Nobel Prize in 2015. 15, yeah. Yeah, no, a, a drug well, that has been shown to stop viral replication in vitro. You know that, right? I, I, Why would they lie? And say that's horse dewormer. I can afford people medicine. <laughs> this is ridiculous. It's just a lie. I don't think anyone is. Th but don't you think that a lie like that is dangerous on a news network when you know that they know they're lying? You know that they know that I took medicine. Like here it is. This is ivermectin. You got this it with it right you. here. Somebody gave it to me. All right, hang on. I, I, do you, the, the thing is, we're, we're we're like going so fast. Like I feel like I'm missing. I'm missing. Do you think I want that that's to, a problem that your news network not, lies? Well, I don't. I don't. Dude, I mean, what did they say? They lied what did and they said say? I was taking horse dewormer. First of all, it was prescribed to me by a doctor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Along they with shouldn't have said a it was bunch of if, other if medications. Was, if you got a human pill because there were people that were taking it the veterinary medication and i you're not obviously you got it from a doctor so that it shouldn't be called that ivermectin can be a very effective medication for parasitic disease and as you say it's probably you know i think what a quarter billion people have taken it around the world more, i get that way more so way but, more can, billions can, of people have taken it can i just come back to the one i want to talk about two, no no two, no, no, two no, no, things no. on you the ledger to, you have before we get to that does it bother you that the news network you work for out and out lied well, just outright lied about me taking horse dewormer they, they they shouldn't have said that why did they do that i don't know you didn't ask? You I, didn't think that was your, you're the medical guy over there. I didn't ask. I should have asked before coming on But they did it with podcast. such glee. No, yes, Joe. Yes, I watched. That's an important interview because Joe Rogan, not, not just because he has a huge reach, because he has a different reach. Remember, he's not some card-carrying conservative out there. He's not. Joe Rogan's not some right-winger. He was, he was supporting Bernie Sanders, for Pete's sake. He has a different reach. And what have I said? If we're going to stop these people at all, at all, if we're going to stop them, it's going to take more than you. It's going to take more than me. It's going to take more than the people who are normally politically active anyway. You're always going to be in the fight. I'm always going to be in the fight. It's in our blood. If normal people are starting to wake up and realize, wait a minute, you guys lie, blatantly lie about everything, that's a great thing. Jesse. I'm a new listener to the show, and so far I agree with most everything you say. However, I do have one question slash concern. Ooh. I have heard you mention the national divorce many times. I think this is dangerous talk. I agree that we are losing in blue states and a tactical retreat is currently necessary. If you live in a blue state, you should leave for red or better yet, a purple state to consolidate. I don't agree that we should let the communist scum have any part of America. They hate it here and want to destroy everything we care about. Why should we give them any part of the country? There are plenty of communist utopias out there that we can kick them to. Wouldn't giving half the country to the communists akin, or, or be akin to a divorce where the children are made to stay with an abusive parent? He says, I love the show, and I can say his name. His name is Jeremiah. You're not, you're not Jeremiah, hear me out here, and everybody, because I've had this email before. You're not wrong. All right, so this is not me lecturing you at all, nor am I qualified to do so. But we do have to be adults. I hate the communists, 
as much as you hate the communists. I'm right there with you, all right? I don't want them to have a thing in this country. Nothing. I want them to have nothing forever, just like you want. I I agree on all those counts. But remember, we have to live in the real world, not the world we want to exist, the world that actually exists. Yes, there are tens of millions of people out there who think exactly like you, and that's a good thing. You're far from alone. You have red states you can flee to. You have protections. You're going to have community. You're going to have people who can support you. All these things are very good things. But let's not be naive here. They control the entire United States government. And that look, that doesn't count Congress and the presidency. I'm not even counting them because those can come and go depending on elections. They control the entire United States government. That includes the IRS, EPA, FDA. That includes the United States military. That includes the FBI, the CIA. And just bear with me a second here. They control vast portions of the media, huge portions of it. They control vast portions of the entertainment industry. I know you don't want that to matter. Neither do I. It does. It matters a lot. They even control professional sports now. They control the education system. I I know you know this stuff, but hear me out here. I know you don't want the wife to get your dog. She shouldn't have the dog. She was such a nag. We're getting a divorce. It's my dog. I know how you feel, man. I've seen friends go through divorce. I get it. I don't want the communists to have anything. I know. I don't either. Man, I'm with you. I I don't want them to have anything. I don't want them to have a rock. I want them to have nothing. Give them nothing and kick them all out. I agree. That's what I want. That's not reality, man. Reality is. They control gigantic portions of this culture. Huge portions of this nation are in control. I mean, geez, setting all the other stuff aside, they control California. I I bring this up a lot. I want to drive it home to people. You understand how big and rich and powerful California is? If California was its own country, it would be the fifth largest economy in the world by itself. They have complete control of that state. We're not in a position of power where we can walk in and sit down with the arbitrator and the left and say, they get nothing and we'll take everything. That, that's not where we are, man. I, I wish that's where we are. I'm with you. I, I don't want them to have anything. I, I, wish, I wish that was where we are so much. I do. That is not reality. That is not where we are. They, they, they don't have all the power, by the grace of God. That's the reason we can even sit at that table, especially given the guns and ammo ownership on the right. They don't have all the power, not at all. We have huge, we have huge amounts of power, but so do they. And when people say that to me, I understand where they're coming from. It's not like I get mad about it. But I hear, I've heard that talk from every, everybody of mine I've ever heard get a divorce. He sounds exactly like that. I'm not giving her the house, man. No way. But she's not getting, she's not getting half of my income. No, nope. That's my dog. She thinks she's gonna get the kids. She's never seeing those kids. Those are gonna be my kids. Okay, yeah, she is. She's gonna see the kids. 
She's she might even get the dog, man. She might get the house. She's dang sure taking half your wages. I know you're mad. And maybe it is all her fault. And maybe she doesn't deserve it. And that's where we are with the left in this country. I get it. I understand where you're at. But they're getting something. They're getting something. And look, that sucks too, right? I mean, what do you want to give them? Normally, you'll get this from a lot of people. We'll give them California. And that sucks. I don't want to give them California. You ever spend any time in California? I mean, back when I was there, California was a blast. Gosh, San Diego. San Diego is so stupid cool. We did St. Patty's Day one year in San Diego. Oh, gosh, it was so fun. California is awesome. Malibu, Northern California with the mountains and the redwoods. and the, I mean, California is the bomb. And people are all, give them California. Man, I don't want to give them California. I like California. That sucks. But she's going to get the kids, at least part-time. She's going to take some of the wages. We are not in a position of power where we can deny them that. That sucks, but that's life. All right, I'm going to talk a little bit about Chesty Puller. Hang on a second, but first, if you've got a small business, you know there's nothing more valuable than your time, especially right now. You don't have 20, 30, 40 minutes if there's a line to run down to the post office, and you don't have to anymore because Stamps.com made it easy for you. They can, they've allowed it so you can mail and ship right from your computer since 1998, They've been a tool for nearly 1 million businesses, including my own parents. They love the place. They were so thrilled when they heard I was hooking up with Stamps.com. You get exclusive discounts, by the way, on postage and shipping. It's just the best thing out there. There's a no-risk, no-risk offer right now, too. If you go to Stamps.com and use the promo code JESSE, you get a special offer that includes a four-week free trial plus Free postage in a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in JESSE. Stamps.com, promo code JESSE. That's Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly. The Jesse Kelly Show. Remember, you can email the show. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I almost just gave out the phone number. Don't email the phone number. That's not going to work. And don't call today either. It's Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. There are no phone calls today. Everyone's on suspension until Monday. No guests, no phone calls. Friday is all about me. (laughs) I saw this. I'll I'll get back to the emails in a second. The Washington football team cheerleaders are, quote, traumatized, reliving the topless photo nightmare. Quote, they're all traumatized. Melanie Coburn, a four-year Washington cheerleader and squad's marketing director for 10 years, told NPR. Former cheerleaders of the Washington football team. It still cracks me up. They're called the Washington football team because a bunch of fussy babies were whining about Redskins and they changed the name and couldn't come up with a name. It's just... What a ridiculous, stupid, idiotic society we have now. We're the dumbest, most emotionally unstable losers run this country. It's, it's amazing. Anyway, 
Former cheerleaders of the WFT were part of the investigation findings by the NFL into the team's workplace culture, which reportedly included emails containing inappropriate photos of cheerleaders that were secretly distributed by coaches via email. The emails included inappropriate language and photos of women wearing only bikini bottoms, including one photo of two Washington team cheerleaders, according to the New York Times. John Gruden shared them, so on and so forth. Quote, it's just more anxiety-producing evidence that very private, compromising content was circulating not just among our team, but apparently the entire NFL. So it's been an emotional 24 hours, to say the least, Coburn told the website, calling on the NFL to release a full investigation report. <clears throat> I have a little different take on this than most people on my side. Uh, on the right, I've seen a ton of this when it comes to this story in the past couple of days, and people are probably going to be shocking. I don't take this this exact take. I've seen a lot of this on the right. I've seen a lot of, what do they think they're there for? It's stupid cheerleaders. What's wrong? I mean, what do they think they're there for? Okay, you know what? I'll get to that in just a second. I will say I did a little bit more digging into what actually took place with the cheerleaders of this NFL team, and it looks like it goes beyond wave your pom-poms and shake your tush around. It looks like they wanted these girls on private trips with, with billionaire friends of the team and stuff like that. It really got to a... Uh, a, a really, really skeevy level. And if you get to the point where you say, well, these women should say no, you're 100% right. They should say no. You shouldn't go on those trips, right? I mean, own your own your stuff, but that is, that's not good, right? I mean, it, it's generally not good. Uh, if, if, if we had some young dime working on the show and there was some uh, big advertiser for the show and, and I encouraged her to go take a private trip with the, with the CEO, uh, yeah, she can quit. She should quit. That's still pretty wrong, right? And then that's that little, little gross, little, little too much. So let's set that apart. Let's let's set that side apart there. It, it looks like it did go too far. I will also say this. This is just a general comment about the NFL and cheerleaders in general. Uh, as you know, I don't pretend to be a good person. I, I, I'm I'm not. I, I don't pretend to be a good person at all. I never have. I never will. It would be total totally dishonest and hypocritical. But. I don't go to, well, I don't watch the NFL period anymore, but even when I used to watch the NFL, I don't go to regular season games anymore because the in-game environment is awful and it's not something I could ever have taken my kids to. And that was, that was back when I watched the league. I mean, last time I went to a game, it was actually, oddly enough, it was in Washington, D.C. I went to a Redskins game because I was a Giants fan when I watched the NFL and my Giants came to town and I went to the game. You know I'm a little rough around the edges. Everyone gets that. I'm a little rough around the edges. I was horrified by the conduct of grown men at this game. I mean, dudes in their in their 50s and 60s, so drunk they're passing out on the stairs. Now, look, whoa, whoa, whoa. listen, I, I've had periods of time in my life, as you well know, where I've drank way too much and made a bunch of dumb decisions. So I'm not I'm not one of these anti-booze guys. I'm not here scolding anyone for having uh, something to drink, for having too much to drink. I'm not here scolding anybody. Bro, you're in your 50s with a football jersey on, and you're vomiting on yourself at football games and passing out in the stairs. What? What are you doing, man? What is wrong with you? There's got to be 
there comes a point in time, man, you've, you've got to grow up a little, right? And look, look, I'll tell you, full disclosure, on occasion, I still have one too many. On my back porch, when I'm done with that, I go in and I go to sleep inside in my bed. Dude, you're, you're in public. That's one, two. The cheerleaders. Again, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm uh, some celibate priest, okay? I, I, I've, I've lived a long, rough life. I, I, I get that. I've been around the world in the Marine Corps. I don't, I don't need, I'm not going to be elaborating on any of that. So I get it. There's no, I'm not looking down my nose on anybody here. The NFL cheerleaders, actually the Washington Redskins cheerleaders, I was there. I mean, that was not a kid environment. I'll just put it that way. I, I, I'm not going to break down or, perf- or perform the various moves and stuff for you. Those cheerleaders, they were not there to uh, get the crowd excited about the defense. Okay, They were there to get the crowd excited, just not necessarily about the football team. And I, the only reason I bring this up is this. Young women, especially dimes. When you're a dime, young ladies, I know we have a bunch of you who listen. When you're a dime, especially a young dime, there are exciting opportunities that come your way. Look, life's easier when you're good looking, right? It just is. Male, female, life's easier when you're good looking. And when you're a young dime, 20s, let's call it 20s, and you look like a million bucks, you're going to have exciting opportunities that come your way in part because of your looks. That's it's human nature, right? In part because of your looks. I'm not telling you to, to go join a convent, nor would I be qualified to do so. I'm just saying, ladies, use some discretion as best you can, okay? Use some discretion as best you can. It's a pretty rough around the edges world out there. Be careful, all right? Be careful. That, that exciting opportunity... Could end up with you on a billionaire's private jet in a in a situation you don't like. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. I got a question about Chesty Pol- Chesty Polar. I'll finally get to next. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Let's get churning and burning on these emails. Dr. J. Steele II, you're a Marine. Can you remind me what Chesty said about being surrounded? Yeah, there's a quick little story here. Let's do a little history story. Remember, Korea. Korea is often often called the Forgotten War. And this was the situation in Korea. One, Japan had Korea prior to World War II. Okay, so Japan colonized Korea. And unsurprisingly, because that was back when Japan was a little <clears throat> rough around the edges with their treatment of others who weren't Japanese, the Japanese occupation of Korea was vicious. I mean I mean we're talking wiping out their language type vicious. It was it was real vicious. And part of the group 
that fought against and resisted the Japanese was actually the communists. It was they were one of the, the those resistance groups. All right, fast forward past World War II and all that. Eventually, you get two different Koreas, one in the north, one in the south. North Korea, then and now, they are ardently communist. I mean, devout communists all the way. They, they were just the communist forefront. Well, communists are going to do what communists are going to do. And North Korea is sitting there looking at South Korea. And again, remember, remember the communist mentality. This applies to North Korea. This applies to America. Communists only see what they haven't taken over yet and destroyed yet. They don't, they don't see anything they have. There's no contentment there. It's only what they haven't gotten their hands on yet. They started looking at South Korea and thinking, well, I mean, might as well go take it. I mean, might as well have the whole thing. I don't know why we wouldn't have the whole thing. They storm into North Korea. Now, this is the 50s, so this is post-World War II. The world is not only having some serious financial problems because war is so expensive and you blow up so much of your economy in a huge war like that and so on and so forth. This is not only post-World War II about the, the money for money reasons. This is post-World War II for flat-out PTSD reasons. These countries are not only bankrupt, man. They've lost hundreds of thousands, in some cases, millions of people. Man, they don't want another war. But we're very, very worried. Remember, this is Cold War time. We're very worried about communists and communist aggression. So the UN, it wasn't officially America, the UN decides to step in, but it was us. And we step in, and North Korea was actually kicking the crap out of the South Koreans that pushed them way down south. And here comes America. We come storming in, and boom, we start hitting these North Koreans right in the teeth. And we're storming through them. And they're, they're all of a sudden on their heels, and they are on their way up, back up north. They are like, okay, well, well, no more American stuff for us. Except what's north of North Korea? Ever pull up a map? China. And there's a man in charge of China at this point in time. He took over in 1949, if memory serves me. There's a man in charge of China right now. Maybe you've heard of him. His name is Mao Zedong, the monstrous communist dictator, possibly, honestly, probably the worst human being who has ever walked the planet. Mao is a communist to his core. He believes in it all the way. He hates America for a lot of reasons. Uh, part of the reasons is, one of those reasons is we back the nationalists in their fight against the communists in China. So he really hates America. And he definitely doesn't want to see Korea be completely taken over by South Korea. He doesn't like America there. So Mao, Mao does something. Mao points to his army and says, go storm into North Korea and get the Americans. Now, we do have to clarify something about the Chinese as they stormed into North Korea. Remember, communists, communism at its, at its core is anti-human. It's anti-human. It just doesn't place any value on human life at all. There's no value to human life. Everything, everything is just part of the collective, right? Everything's part of the collective. There's no value on human life. That helps them sometimes when it comes to combat. It helps them a great deal when it comes to combat. <sighs> right? When he storms in, 
the world starts to figure out just how little these communists value human life. Mao sends his people into North Korea. North Korea is a mountainous, cold place. He sends them into North Korea, oftentimes with the poorest cold weather gear you can imagine. Sometimes he sends them in without weapons. And oftentimes the weapons they do have are these backdated, ancient, crappy weapons. And Mao sends them in anyways. But that's the bad news if you're China. The good news is there's a lot of them. And not only does Mao have a ton of people to send, he doesn't care about human life. So he sends them in waves like you've never seen before in your life. I would really recommend people uh, do a, pick up a book sometime on on the Korean War. Or if you're not a book person, that's fine. Watch a documentary on the Korean War. I think there was one on Amazon Prime. Don't quote me on this. It, it may have been something else called Chosen. Chosen, C-H-O-S-E-O-N. Or did I just misspell Chosen? I-N. I-N. Anyway, why can I not spell Chosen? It's E. It is E. Gosh, I'm such an idiot. Chosen. C-H-O-S-E-O-E-N. C-H-O-S-E-N. Chosen. Korea was a fascinating place because of the absolute terror of some of the attacks, especially the night attacks, because of the human wave attacks. When we pushed into North Korea and then the hordes and waves of the communist Chinese, when they came down after us and surrounded us, because, again, human life didn't matter, you'd be dug in at night. As you know, like a marine perimeter, you're dug in at night. You have your fighting holes out there at night. And they would just send human wave after human wave after human wave at the Marines. And you simply, you couldn't kill them fast enough. There were so many, you couldn't kill them fast enough. And so eventually you're a Marine and you have Chinese troops in your fighting hole with you trying to stab you in the middle of the night. And they use these uh, different horns and whistles to signal their attack. So picture that. It's the dead of night. You can't see and then horns and whistles are going off and Chinese people are swarming in with bayonets. It was wild, wild scene. Anyway, back to what he said about Chesty. At one point in time, we get up to a place called Chosen Reservoir. It's this, it's this big place in North Korea. It doesn't matter. It's cold. It's mountainous. That's all you need to know about it. We get there and they get completely America's units. It was mostly Marines, but there was some army there too. They get completely surrounded by Chinese units. And when I say surrounded, there was eight to ten times as many Chinese there as there were Marines. And there's no escape. There's no escape. And Chesty Puller, the great World War II legend, well, Marine Corps legend Chesty Puller, looks around and says, <laughs> we're surrounded that simplifies our problem. <laughs> and then and then they had to fight their way out, right, from 10, Ch 10 Chinese divisions. And someone said something to him about retreating. And he said, retreating? We're not retreating. We're attacking in a different direction. <laughs> and if memory serves me, one more quick story from that. And I may have the details of this messed up. You're welcome to email in and correct me on this because I'm doing a lot of this off the top of my head. Chesty Polar was such a Marine's Marine that he would, he'd give it to you straight, right? If the situation was really bad, he'd give it to you straight. And when Chesty Polar said that he needed you to hold an area, 
He meant you better hold the area. I just talked to you earlier about how weak America's military leadership is now. Do you want to hear what real military leadership sounds like before I get to the rest of your questions? I'll tell you in just a second. But slept like a baby again last night. Been sleeping like a baby every night. It's not just because I sleep on a my pillow pillow. It's not just because I sleep on a my pillow mattress topper. I have Giza dream sheets. Giza dream sheets. I mean, Giza is the world's best cotton. Everyone knows this, right? And everyone knows about my pillow, about the work Mike Lindell has done on behalf of this nation, fighting for this country. Everyone knows these things. But Giza dream sheets, right now for a limited time only. They're buy one, get one free. Buy one, get one free with the promo code JESSE. You have to go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener's specials, and use the promo code JESSE. They're buy one, get one free. May I suggest stocking up on more than that while the deal is a steal for Christmas gifts. Get these things as Christmas gifts. They're amazing. MyPillow.com, promo code JESSE. Go enjoy the best sheets on earth. The Jesse Kelly Show. On air and online at jessekellyshow.com. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday and Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Oh, man, I love today. I love today. Remember, if you miss any part of the show, the whole show is available on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. Dear Dr. J. Steele III, a family member recently went two days without anything but water. If you had to go two days without any food, what meal would you choose to break the fast? I'd have one of my world-famous cheeseburgers. I'd have world... You know what? Michael, do me a favor... Pull up that video I just did from my TV show on the first where I describe how to make my world-famous cheeseburgers. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, and it's been far too long. I'm going to play for you in, man, I'm going to play for you in about five minutes from now. I'm going to play for you my world-famous burger recipe. My cheeseburgers. Honestly, I know I'm obnoxious with all the name stuff and Oracle and Shogun and all that other stuff. I know it's obnoxious because it makes me laugh. Hear me. I'm being 100% serious. When I tell you I make the best cheeseburgers on the planet, I mean I make the best cheeseburgers on the planet. I'm going to give out the recipe about five minutes from now, so we'll come back to that. On top of my cheeseburger, I would have chips and queso. And then for dessert, I would have my what? You know what oatmeal cream pies are, right? The Little Debbie oatmeal cream pies. Everyone knows what those things are. The, the two oatmeal cookies with the cream in between them, the oatmeal cream pies. The wife... The wife makes those homemade, and they are seriously the best thing in the history of mankind. I routinely, she'll make them because she makes them, especially when there's a big neighborhood party or something like that, and everyone in the neighborhood now knows about them. They all ask her, will you please bring oatmeal cream pies? And people just destroy them before I get a chance to get any when I take them to neighborhood parties. So now she doesn't know this. Whenever she makes them, they're always sitting out in Tupperware because for some reason, women in Tupperware, they just love this stuff. I steal several. Sometimes, sometimes I'll not only eat one or two, I'll take an extra one or two. 
and I'll stash it in a plastic in a, in a little sandwich bag and I'll hide it in the pantry so no one else can find it. And then I go hide in the pantry if the family's around and I eat them in there so no one will come in and take a bite. But that's what I would have for my final meal. Now, about five minutes from now, you know, give me five minutes and I'm going to play for you the world famous burger recipe. Dr. Jesse Pink Flower. That's not nice. Which do you prefer, chunky peanut butter or creamy peanut butter? I'm a creamy peanut butter guy. However, I don't dislike chunky. I've had periods of time in my life where I'll, I where I, I like chunky. I, I can eat chunky. The, the creamy is far superior. I would like to clarify the issue on ivermectin. If you find a doctor, this is the email, by the way. If you find a doctor that will, that will prescribe it, it's called Stromictol. It comes in three milligram pills. You get it from the pharmacy. They do have ivermectin for humans approved by the FDA. The one you hear about on the mainstream media is in the liquid form. It's approved for large mammals. So again, large mammals. We're talking about horses and cows and feminists and all that. Guess what we are? It's been used religiously in many countries for humans for numerous issues because it works and it's extremely cheap. Uh-oh. Guess why we didn't push it here? It's not because it doesn't work. No money can be made on it. Can't make the rich richer with that. He said, disclosure, my family and I have been taking ivermectin personally for over 10 years and did take it when we got COVID-19 and quickly recovered. Look, that's just the listener email. I'm just relaying what was sent in. I will tell you, that's not the first thing I've heard about that. I, I, I don't, I'm not a medical expert. I've never pretended to be at all. I give you, I give you the information that I've been given from other people. And I'm just a curious person. I look into things. The ivermectin is horse dewormer thing really is one of the most evil, insidious lies I've seen in quite some time from the system. I mean, again, let's talk about coronavirus here for a second. This is a deadly virus. And these people who die from coronavirus, they basically drown in their own lung fluid. People are dying. If we have a completely safe medication out there that might be able, that, that might treat coronavirus, we're denying people that? And not only denying people that, lying to them about it? The FDA, the FDA mocking people for taking something human beings have been taking for years, years. Again, you heard it in the Rogan video. Somebody won a Nobel Prize for ivermectin and its use in humans, a Nobel Prize. And yet our system is so dishonest and anti-human and gross that we deny people that. Do you remember? We don't even talk about this anymore. Do you remember the hydrochloroquine? I'm sure I'm saying that word wrong. Hydrochloroquine. Do you remember that? People were talking about it in the very beginning of coronavirus. Apparently, it's something that's used to treat tuberculosis and a bunch of other things. Another one of these very cheap, regularly available medicines with very few side effects. It's just something people have been taking a lot. I do know that much about it. And right at the beginning of coronavirus, there were these doctors who were coming out right away saying, hey, uh, this works great for coronavirus. I'm treating coronavirus patients with this. Use this for coronavirus. And then the system decided 
they didn't want Donald Trump to get credit, I guess, for any kind of coronavirus solution. So they started banning the videos of the doctors talking about it from social media platforms so people couldn't find out about it. You had governors across America telling doctors not to prescribe this. You have a medication that might save people's lives from dying and and you're telling them not to take it for political reasons? I, this is part of the reason I'm so cynical about these people. Man, what kind of a monster looks at all that death and says, I don't care, I don't want Trump to get any credit? That's evil, man. That is evil and that is wrong. I cannot believe what we've done. I cannot believe what we've done in this country. All right, give me just one second. When we come back, I'm going to play for you who've never heard it. The greatest burger recipe ever. And I'm actually not just being over the top and obnoxious about that. It is. Hang on. Jesse Kelly show.com final hour. Is it final hour? Oh, dang. I've look, I've been so spectacular. I didn't know what <laughs> I've been so spectacular. I didn't even realize it was the final hour. All right. The other night on my TV show, the first, I have a show every single night, nine o'clock Eastern on the first TV. You can, it's an app. It's, it's probably on your smart TV. It's, it's, it's got a great lineup, but my show's on every single night. The other night, they asked me, because I've given out my burger recipe several times on the radio show, they asked me if I would give out my burger recipe on the TV show. Before I go into this recipe, before I play it for you, and I'm going to play you the whole clip here in a second, I want you to understand this. I'm dead serious. They are as good as I, as, as I say they are. I did not fall backwards into this. I know it's a really weird thing, but you know I have an unhealthy obsession with food. When I got out of the Marine Corps... I decided I was going to learn how to make the greatest burgers ever. Like when I when I got out of boot camp, I had this I had these dreams because you're not allowed anything really sweet in boot camp, and I had these dreams that I was going to go. There was this pie place in in Montana I used to love. I said when I get out of boot camp, if I survive this, I'm going home and I'm going to sit down with a gallon of chocolate milk and an entire pie, and I'm going to eat the whole thing, and nobody's going to stop me. So I cope really poorly with food too. But when I got out of the Marine Corps, I committed that I was going to figure out how to make the best burger on the planet. And I tried and failed and tried and failed. And so what you're hearing here is 15 years of me putting time into it. And it's not even that complicated. Go ahead. Here's how to make the perfect cheeseburger. Step one, get your butt in the car, go down to the grocery store. You need to go to the burger aisle, obviously. Now, I don't want to hear about your health food crap. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to lose weight, Jesse. I, I don't care. I don't care. 
you need to get the fattiest burger you can. Normally, that's going to be 80-20 in a lot of grocery stores. Here at some of the ones we have in Texas, they actually have 73-27, always the route to go. I will explain in a little while why that matters. Get the fattiest burger you can possibly find, okay? Health food is for the next day. We're making Jesse Kelly burgers here. Then, waltz on over to the cheese aisle. And I need you to look at all that amazing cheese, all those great real cheeses, which I love. And I need you to walk right by all of those and get to the American cheese singles. Yes, American cheese is the best way to make a burger. It gets melty, it gets creamy, it's the best way to do it. Save your snooty. Oh, what about Havarti? That's for tomorrow at your crackers and cheese party. These are Jesse Kelly burgers. We make these with American cheese. Next, to the buns. I'm going to try to be calm when I explain this to you. I see people all the time walking by, grabbing buns, and they just look for what they're looking for, hot dog or hamburger, and they grab the pack and walk away. You must finger the buns. You must feel each and every pack to make sure you're getting the superior bun. The bun is not just some vehicle to get the burger into your mouth. It is a critical part of the burger. Get the right buns. My word, man. Have some pride. Next, you're going to go over to the seasonings section. You're going to get garlic powder, not salt, not salt, garlic powder. You're going to get whatever actually generic seasoning you like. I mean, pick your generic seasoning. It doesn't matter that much. If you prefer one, get one. And then for the star of the show, you're going to walk to the hot sauce section of your grocery store and you're going to get chipotle Tabasco sauce. Notice I said chipotle Tabasco sauce. Did you hear me say, oh, whatever hot sauce you like, or this chipotle, whatever. Did I say that? No, I said chipotle Tabasco sauce. Now you're going home. Now you're going to make your burger patties. Your burger patties are going to be made by dumping all the burger in whatever container you like, and then you're going to grab your garlic powder, and you're going to dust the top of it with there. Not too much, not too little. You're going to take your, garlic, your, your general seasoning, do not overuse it. It's not the star of the show. Do not overuse it. You can make these burgers too salty. You can make these burgers too salty. Again, learn from my mistakes. Put a generous amount on there, but not too much. Then, the Chipotle Tabasco sauce. Drown it in Chipotle Tabasco sauce. Pour what you think has to be way too much Chipotle Tabasco sauce, and then look at it, and then say, okay, I'm going to pour even more on there, and pour even more on there. Believe me when I tell you, if you're intimidated by the heat, don't be. Most of that heat will cook off. Most of that heat will cook off. You want to use too much. I'll use half a bottle for a pound of burger. It's that much. I drown it in the stuff. Now you form your burgers. Burgers are not supposed to be fat. Burgers are supposed to be thin. Make a thin patty. It could be wide. That's fine. A thin patty is what you're going for. Oh, but Jesse, I like more meat. That's fine. Make a double cheeseburger. You can make a double. That's fine. A good burger is a thin burger, not a thick burger. Now, finally, where are you cooking these? I want you to go outside. I want you to look at your grill. And I want you to look at it good and hard. And then I want you to say, not today, grill. You cook my burgers on a flat top. If you have a flat top of some kind you can put on your grill, that's fine. Cast iron pan or something like that. If you want to just use a frying pan in the house, that's fine. You make my burgers one at a time because each one deserves its own personal attention. You don't mass produce my burgers one at a time. 
You cook them on a flat top. You make sure they cook there in their own fat. Sizzle till it's ready. Flip the second you flip it, put the cheese on, melt the cheese on your burger. We are not animals here. When you're done with that, remove the burger patty, place it on your bun. You don't need a single condiment for my burger. Believe me, the ketchup, mustard, mayo. Don't you dare assault my burger with lettuce and tomato. You can put condiments on it if you want to, but it's not necessary. Burger, cheese, bun, enjoy the greatest burgers on the planet. You're welcome. I'll see you tomorrow. You're welcome. All right, you're welcome. And when I say they're good, I mean they're good. Dear Dr. Jesse, I agree women shouldn't look to government for protection. What what she's referring to here, by the way, is we had a long discussion last Friday because, of course, we discuss everything on this show. We had a long discussion. Someone wrote in about uh, a lady actually wrote in, if I remember right, about I don't think women should vote. And what I said was there are a bunch of different reasons people have given for this. The facts on the ground are this. Women vote about 60% for Democrat in this country. If only women voted, it would only be Democrats. That's one. Two, if only men voted, it would only be Republicans and far-right conservative Republicans. Now, don't scream at me. I mean, look, you're welcome to scream at me. I don't care. But screaming at me won't change anything. Those are facts on the ground. The thinking is, the, the, the argument I hear people make for this, and it, it makes sense, is women are more apt to look for protection from the government. They're more apt to, because, you know, that's, that's more of a woman's nature than a man's nature. Uh, do something. I'll tell you, I, I've run into this before with the wife. Now, not often because she's a bloodthirsty right winger, but we'll, we'll watch a news story, right? A local news story about kids are over are ODing on this, on some drug or something like that. Kids are, kids are overdosing. And just her instinct is, why don't they ban that? The, the government should ban that. Someone should ban that. You know, that's, it's just, it's just people's instincts. It's the instinct of, especially that protection thing of a woman. That's what it is. Now, moving on here, but what can be done to make men a better option? Can dads on television not be such dopes? Now this actually matters a lot. When I tell you entertainment is critically important, this is what I mean because she's a hundred percent right. This has bothered me for ages I'm not the only one who sees it. I'm not the only one who has talked about it. The fact that TV sitcoms, the standard thing is, no matter what, the woman is the saintly brain of the house who has to not only get the kids ready for school and cook and clean, she has to do all the thinking and be the moral guidance for the stupid oaf guy who can't tie his shoes without her coming in and doing it for them. And that has played a role in guys thinking they're supposed to be big, dumb oafs who just have to be led around by their nose by their woman. And fellas, we had some guy right in earlier asking about, about women or how to get a woman. Fellas, I don't care how much she shows you she wants to lead or wants to be in charge. She's lying through her teeth. Even if she thinks that's what she wants, she wants you to be in charge. Step up. Be a leader and be a man, especially because we need that right now. We have got to have strong men step up, take positions of leadership, and take back this nation. Take back this nation. We must do it. 
We, we can't sit back anymore. And don't get mad at the feminists. I enjoy making fun of them. You know I enjoy making fun of them. I always will. But don't get mad at the feminists. Feminism never even exists in this country without weak men stepping aside, allowing themselves to be shamed, and ushering it in. Never even happens. All right. We have somebody in the military worried, understandably. Hang on. Smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. You can email the show anything you want, including your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Don't think they get thrown away. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Oh, my gosh. I have not gotten through nearly enough of these. I am going to commit myself. How much time do we have left? How much time? we got at least three segments left, right? I am going to get through as many of these as humanly possible before this show is over. All right? I'm committed to the Oracle. I'm from Minnesota. I'm married with a -a two-and-a-half-year-old girl and have been in the military for 13 years and currently work full-time at the base. I'm going through the process of a religious accommodation for the jab. I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm mentally preparing for my military career to come to an end. If it does end, I've tried to use the opportunity to convince my wife to move to a red state. She's as conservative as me, but doesn't want to leave everything behind. He says family mostly. So I'm trying to prepare food, ammo, water, med kits, investing in gold and crypto and stuff like that. But that stuff is expensive and it feels like things are closing in and time is running short. I just wanted to get your thoughts and advice for my situation. Keep it up, Shogun. I've had these emails before of, hey, uh, what do I stock up on? I don't know what to buy. I'm scared. We can't move. Do I buy food or ammo or gold or whatnot? Listen, listen. You're not Bill Gates, by the grace of God, because they need to be a sociopath. But you're not Bill Gates. You can't just invent new money. You'll be fine with what you've got. All right? Don't, don't go out there and empty every dime out of your savings account on canned beans and crypto. Okay? Make sure you're diversified. I know you're not made of money. I'm not made of money. I, I, I get it. You can only buy You can only afford so much food, so much toilet paper. So much gold from Oxford Gold Group, 833-995-GOLD. By the way, I really do mean that. Get some gold from Oxford Gold Group, please. Some gold. Some gold. I know it's expensive. Get some. Make sure you have ammunition. Make sure you do have your medical stuff. You heard that Green Beret, Clay Martin, come on. What what night did Clay Martin come on? I think Clay came on on Wednesday. Hang on. Let me look this up. Did Clay Martin come on on Wednesday? Was it Wednesday? Tuesday. Thursday. Clay, he came on yesterday? Yes, he did come on yesterday. Oh, it is. It was Wednesday. Don't give me bad information. All right, Wednesday's show. That would make it thir- the 13th. If you want a, a little bit more information on that, my buddy Clay Martin, longtime Green Beret, came on the show and talked a little about it on Thursday's show. I heart Google, Spotify, and iTunes. Just go get the podcast. But don't do this thing people do, and it's understandable, where they look at what they have And they say to themselves, oh, my gosh, we can't survive for a year on this. What is 
This won't this won't get us through nuclear holocaust. I can't take on a battalion like this. Brother, you can only do what you can do. Sounds like you got a good wife. Sounds like you got a little girl you got to take care of. You still got to afford, obviously, things for the kiddo. The old lady still needs some stuff. And you're on a, it sounds like you're on a military budget, so I know you're not swimming in money. Whatever you have, you should be fine. You should be fine. I, now, that's not me telling people don't take precautions. Like I said, I, I really mean it. Food, water, definitely water purification stuff, med kits. You know, you're not preparing for the end of the world. If it's the end of the world, you're not going to have enough med kits and food to matter anyway. You're preparing for some short times, some hard times. Get what you can get to backstop yourself and then let it go. That's all, look, that's all you can do. I mean, I don't want to sound like you're a your high school baseball coach, but do the best you can and then let it go. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. I, I understand. Look, I do this in all walks of life. I had, as you well know, I've uh, I have quite a few flaws. <laughs> and there are some things I can't do well. Um, dressing myself. Now, obviously, I know how to put on uh, underwear and pants and socks and a shirt. Fashion is one of those things. Totally eludes me. To- and I mean, no matter how much I would try, like I've had these periods of time where I say to myself, okay, okay, well, I'm making a little more money. I remember I got a, a, a bonus one time and I was working construction. I was doing project management and we got a Christmas bonus checks. Uh, they'd hand out Christmas bonus checks every year. And I got a bonus check and I said to myself, you know what? <laughs> That's it. I'm not spending this on beer and chicken wings. I'm going to get some clothes that look good. I'm going to get some good looking clothes. I really tried. I mean, I, I, I would go through you know, the magazines they send you and stuff like that, and I'd be like, oh, that looks good, and, and that looks good. It's all in the magazine. And I remember putting all that stuff on and the wife going, you've got to be kidding me. Did you even try? And I'm me trying to explain, yes, I put my heart and soul into it. You can only do what you can do in life. In, in all walks of life, you can only do what you can do. All right? Jesse, I am writing from San Diego. I saw my eye doctor last week. I have a degenerative worsening condition in both eyes, which will require surgery. My doc referred me to an eye surgeon who specializes in the surgery I need. I called to get the surgeons to, to get on the surgeon's schedule and was told I cannot be seen until April 2022, six months from now. The reason medical staffers walked out instead of getting the vax. Also issues with equipment and medications required for surgeries. I would say this is how it is in communist California, but I know this problem is presenting itself in all parts of this once great country. Love the show and listen daily. Keep up the fight. She says not to use her name and I will not use her name. Man, I hate hearing, th- I hate hearing this because again, this is another preview of what's to come. And there's a part of this I didn't see coming. I've been warning for a while about how these how these the, the the vaccination requirements? It's going to hurt hospitals. It's going to hurt the quality of healthcare because there aren't enough nurses around, right? There aren't enough doctors around. There just aren't enough people around to take care of everybody, and so you get pushed pushed away and pushed away and pushed away. I mean, you just heard degenerating eye condition. She can't get seen till April. I had not considered medications and surgical equipment not being available. That brings me back to that email. I think I read it earlier this week where a guy, he went to the dentist. They didn't even give him one of those crappy temporary toothbrushes because they're out of stock. 
man. It, it, we got we got some rough days coming. All right, got some rough days coming. We'll get through it. Keep your chin up. show and I realize I have I have been negligent on the emails I've been I've, I try to am I, is my pacing off is my pacing off am I it's I'm, do I what <laughs> do, I do have a lot to talk about today all right I'm, I'm gonna dig in now though because there is a stack of these bad boys it, it, you you have a renewed focus Jesse now supreme focus in fact Jesse Kelly focuser that's my new nickname <laughs> I love your show and listen every day. I wanted to share with you also, I've been a TSA. I've been with TSA as a screener for 19 years now, and we're losing people like crazy. We have been told first shot by November 11th and second shot by November 22nd. If not, we will be put on leave and terminated. Needless to say, people were quitting and the fallout will be worse, I'm sure, for the holiday season. Please do not use my name and I will absolutely not use this person's name. Again, I'll be frank with you. I'm trying to be as forward thinking about that stuff as po- about this stuff as possible so I can warn you. I didn't even think about TSA. I mean, I didn't even think about flight delays. Th- think about showing up at the airport 3 hours early cuz there aren't enough TSA uh, attendant uh, uh screeners out there. That's coming too, and I'm going to keep relaying this information to you as it comes to me. And I want to encourage you out there. If you're involved in any industry, and you're aware of things like this, jesse at jessekellyshow.com, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. As you have heard, I will never, ever, ever give away your name, ever. I don't give away the name of the people who send me death threats. You've never heard me do that. I read some of the death threats. You've never heard me give it away. I believe in complete privacy. Your name never gets written, never gets read on this show. I don't read your name to my wife. Your name never gets read on this show unless you specifically tell me you want it read. If you want it, if you want to send me an email and let me know about shortages or problems that you see coming, tell me so I can tell other people. I know I'm an irresponsible, idiot, sociopathic jerk. I'm aware of all those things, but I do feel some obligation to let people know about some problems coming. Man, I did not even think about TSA. I mean, you think about the pilots and the stewardesses and stuff like that, right? I did not even think about TSA. Ouch. Hello, Mr. Shogun Salton. I work in the auto industry designing computers. No doubt most listeners have heard of microprocessor shortages affecting production, but maybe don't realize how bad it actually is. My team is constantly scrambling to find replacements, not only for processors, but also other essential components that supplement these processors. I've seen backorder estimates as late as mid-2020. 
These computers have become essential for vehicle operation, and along with rising costs of raw materials, things might get really bad worldwide. This isn't an issue that a Biden cash for clunkers program or other government bailout will solve any more than you can throw money at dirt and expect a building to pop up. My company pushed for lockdowns and bailouts. Now they're about to live with the consequences. I'm afraid the only fix is helping bring supply production back into the United States and playing the Frito Bandito song on the air. Do we have Frito Bandito? Look, if this guy's going through it and he needs Frito Frito Bandito, I think we all do. It's Friday. I am the Frito Bandito, I like Fritos corn chips, I love them, I do. I want Fritos corn chips, I'll get them from you. Ay, 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 oh, I am the Frito Bandito. Give me Fritos corn chips and I'll be your friend. The Frito Bandito, you must not offend. Munch, munch. Oh, it's so beautiful. Doesn't it just put you in the mood? It puts me in the mood. We're so close. We're so close to tasting Friday freedom. I mean, who am I kidding? You're listening to me. You've already tasted Friday freedom. And me, I'm just screwing off. (laughs) Dear Jesse, the real deal steal slave driver of the phones. I've not been that. Am I mean on the phones? Is it mean on the phone? It's not mean. It's, It's direct. All right. It's direct. And... You Look, I hang up on the good callers. At some point, we've got the gist of it, and we're moving on. Slave driver of the phones, loser of work keys. I did not lose the work keys when my dad fired me. I never even had those work keys. And ranch-obsessed, helicopter-hating Kelly. Why is it that the big government Scandinavian, Scandinavian countries understand freedom? Sweden, Denmark, and Norway have all removed restrictions. America is to the left of many countries now. Well, America is to the left of many of these countries now because our political leaders and our business leaders are far, far to the left of these Scandinavian countries now. That's one. And two, Norway, Sweden, Denmark. What do you know about their education systems? Let me tell you about our education system. And this this plays a huge role in everything you see right now in this country. Our education system creates full-grown adults who hate where they live. They hate their own country. If I told you there was this evil country out there, this evil, sexist, racist, anti, anti-LGBTQ, uh, genocidal country out there, would you want that country punished or would you want that country to prosper? The American left is way more evil than these other countries because they genuinely believe this country sucks. And I've brought this up before. The word this hits me the hardest is not actually when I watch, you know, MSNBC clips or, or the latest clip of that idiot Don Lemon on CNN. It's not that. Where this hits me the hardest It's when I watch my history documentaries. You know what a history freak I am. Or when I read my history podcasts, they present any history involving America. It's it's done just not in a left-wing way, just as a matter-of-fact way of, of course, America was stupid and evil. Oh, yeah, stupid Americans. Yep, 
evil white people in America, definitely the worst. It's just how it's presented as if it's some matter of fact. It's 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 the baseline from which everything else builds for these people. Okay, well, America sucks and it's evil. Yeah, but tell me about everything else. That is why it's been so much worse here. It's not as if these people aren't looking at the destruction and can't see it. They understand that the destruction, they understand what's causing it, that they get all that. They know they don't care. And in fact, oftentimes they're cheering for it. How many of these montages have we played you from people just dumping on this country and dumping on this country and dumping on these on this country? You can't survive in that way. I've brought this up before and I'll bring it up again. It sounds almost hokey or cliche or whatever you want to say it when I say patriotism is the problem, but patriotism is the problem. If you have a nation full of people who love their country, then the little decisions they make a million times throughout their life are, are going to be made with that in mind, right? For the better of my country, for the be- I love my country, for the better of my country. You're just going to order your life in that way. And if a high enough percentage of your society loves the place, it's going to end up as a better place. But, but, the opposite is also true. If you wake up every day and you think you live in an evil place, in a bad place, at best, at best, you're going to be apathetic to its future, to its direction. At worst, and you see this a lot, at worst, you're going to actively try to bring about its destruction. That's what you see. That's what you're seeing right now in the United States of America. That's what you see, sadly, with the leaders of virtually all of our cultural institutions. No love of country, but in many cases, flat-out hatred of the country. That's the situation we're in. All right, I'm going to try to churn through all these questions I possibly can here in just a second. But when I tell you to switch to Pure Talk because you can save a fortune, now get rid of Verizon and AT&T and T-Mobile and switch to Pure Talk because the average family saves over $800 a year, right? I get some people, they'll, they'll email me and they'll say, Jesse, I can't stand bad cell coverage, so I'm not switching. Hear me out. Pure Talk is on the exact same 5G network as one of those big companies I just named. The same network, the same towers. That's Pure Talk. You're not sacrificing anything, and you're giving your money to a company that actually loves this place. So many people have switched for a reason. I've switched. My family switched over personally. I didn't have to do that. I love these guys. Right now, from your phone. They have a 30-day risk-free guarantee, and you have nothing to lose. So from your phone, dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly. Jesse Kelly returns next. Jesse Kelly show final segment on a Friday and ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Don't cry. Don't cry. Cause there's only one segment left. I understand that the thought of 48 straight hours without the sultry sounds of my voice, well, it has to be devastating. Just the very thought of it has to be devastating, but you're not going to have to go through that. Just go listen to the podcast. 
Jesse, do you have any tattoos? If yes, what and where? If no, why not? And what is your opinion of tattoos? And what about women? No, I do not have any tattoos. I am not anti-tattoo on men. I'll get to women in a second. I'm not anti-tattoo. In fact, after a couple late nights with the boys in the Marine Corps, I have been in a tattoo parlor more than once while my buddies were getting them, and I considered getting them. I chickened out every single time, not because of the needles. The thought of permanently on my body was always too much for me. It was, it was always too much for me. I know Chris doesn't have any. Michael, do you have any tattoos? It, 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 same reason type thing? He said he's past the phase and now he just doesn't want it anymore. And look, I'm there too, right? I'm 40. What am I going to go full midlife crisis and get a tattoo? But I have nothing against them on dudes. I, I mean, sometimes I think about it, but it's just not something I'm going to do. On women, I don't mind them at all. Within reason. Within reason. Everything, obviously, within reason. Nobody wants to go out with a Jackson Pollock painting. Okay? Nobody wants to go out with that. She said no tramp stamp. Look, whatever the case may be, uh, small and tasteful, as always, is absolutely fine. I don't know. Tattoos on a chick? Kind of does it for me every now and then. Is Is that wrong? Is that wrong? Hi, Jesse. Do you think it would get so bad that this nation will pull a Sarah Silverman and fulfill the prophecy of the great oracle and separate? It worked for the Eastern Roman Empire. They lasted another thousand years. Will we keep free states and would they be a commie nation next door? I do believe we are already separating. You see that where people are moving. You you hear that when I read my emails on here. We're moving, we're moving, we're moving. A national divorce is never going to happen the way I want it to happen. Where the left decides we hate you, we decide we hate you, we sit down with the neutral arbitrator, we sit down and divide up the kids in the house and the, and the goodies. That's never going to happen. That's what I want. It's not going to happen. Naturally, though, it's already happening. These cities, did you see Philadelphia? Philadelphia, which is, I mean, how much history is in Philadelphia, right? Philadelphia is an awesome place. It is descending into absolute madness. They just announced cops aren't allowed to pull people over for minor traffic violations. Just city after city after city after city is turning into this communist hellhole, and people will flee. People will flee. The nation is already separating. Dear Menu Maestro, I'm reading a book you recommended called Ordinary Men about regular guys that killed people in Eastern Europe. My question is, how long would it take for Americamis to recruit people and engage in this sort of behavior. Thank you. They would absolutely do it tomorrow without an ounce of hesitation if they thought they could get away with it. They would. I know because history says they would. Uh, I'm not stupid. I, I, I remember that poll after the election about the number one issue for Democrats in this country being white supremacy that doesn't even exist. And you see these people out there all the time now, pandemic of the unvaccinated and whatnot. You have to understand, yes, they're evil and they're wrong, but it's actually much worse than that. In their minds, they're morally right, and you are an evil scourge who's murdering people. Now, if I was to present you with an evil murderer responsible for all the problems of society, could you kill that person? Of course you could. Of course you could. That's what they think about you. Now, right now, they don't think legally they could get away with it, which is the only reason it's not happening in mass. 
but tomorrow they would. Tomorrow. Human nature says so. Remember, that book Ordinary Men he's talking about, and I highly recommend everyone read it, it's again, it's about a, 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 a just bunch of tubby reservists in the German army, not card-carrying SS guys being tasked with going out and all of a sudden murdering a bunch of Jews. These weren't a bunch of anti-Semite Nazi scum. They were just German army guys, and they start nur- murdering all these Jews. The first day they were ordered to go out and shoot a bunch of Jews in the head, the first day, I believe, if a memory serves me, there was a unit of 500 of these men. They were given the option to not do it. You know how many didn't? Ten. Ten. That's human nature. How can we leverage the Southwest pilots? What do you think? Could we do a national sick out unless all mandates end? I am a trucker and I am in. The answer is, Mr. Trucker, not going to give out your name. Yes, but it won't... National will be very hard to organize because the system would try to crush you. They'd try to ban you off social media and whatnot. It's more important that each and every individual in their own workplace, in their own industry, you must handle that yourself. If you're a trucker, get with your trucker buddies. Form a coalition. Make sure if they're going to fire you all for this, they're going to hurt because of it. All right? Jesse, I'm a DOD civilian employee. My only hope to avoid a vaccine I do not want is if all my fellow feds who don't want it refuse. I have no idea how the rest feel because our unions are siding with the establishment. Twitter and Facebook ban anyone who tries to unite us. That's what I was just talking about. How can federal employees connect and unite against this fraudulent government? Love your show. Brother, you've got to do a lot of this stuff in person. You know, uh, uh, beers after work. A lot of business deals have been done with beers after work. Golf on the weekends. Get together with your people where they feel safer away from work after work. Hey, fellas, game's on tonight. Let's go down to the bar. First round's on me. Then you have the discussion. Beers after work, in person, private. All right, Then then people feel safer anyway. Do you think that blue states uh, with shipping ports will declare a state of emergency status and keep critical goods coming in those containers for themselves and screw over non-coastal states? Man, I didn't even think about that. He signs it. Remember, the me- the best Marine is a submarine. That's not nice. His name's Brendan. Uh, look, it's not really something I'd thought about, but there's not really a whole lot I would put past these people, right? There's not a whole lot I'd put past these people. All right, keep your chin up. You'll be fine, all right? Enjoy your weekend. We'll do this again on Monday. That's all. So